Well, guess what, everybody? We're back in the garage. Yeah, because of, uh, you know, ATC vacation and honeymoon schedules. I, yeah, all of the producers are gone. <laughs> Everyone that can turn the run that board is, <laughs> is either on a vacation. Or on the lamb. On the lamb. They're... Um, <laughs> Maybe some of them might may be in Guantanamo being Who knows? questioned. Who knows? Um, I can't say, I cannot confirm or deny certain <laughs> people in their locations. But uh, yeah, we had a crazy, uh, well, we, I had a thing on Tuesday. <laughs> um, there's this uh, cool uh, show that I'm going to be uh, directing and producing. I can't announce it officially yet, but there's just a lot of... Uh, contract business going back and forth to get the deal done. Um, when it does happen, I'll be able to talk about it. It should, it, it'll be a very cool thing. But that was the reason um, I gave Chris a uh, <laughs> an insane phone call on Tuesday. While I was on my way to the studio. While driving to the studio. Sean literally texted me, be right, be there right on time at one. And I texted back, no, you won't. I was about to go into the prison that is a 405. The, mm-hmm. So, and, but, but thankfully it's not anything to do with like a shortage of like coconut water or anything like that. I was, or, or, a coconut water shortage. Or, or some sort of, uh, you know, some sort of samurai shoe crisis or something was, like that. There wasn't, no, there wasn't like a katana, a missing katana. Yeah. It wasn't like some Ronin showed up at my door and I had right. to just figure some stuff out. Yeah, some, or a Katana accident. It wasn't a it was Katana nothing. accident. It wasn't like, uh, Chris, my Shogun has summoned me. Yeah. <laughs> I cannot come to ATC Studios. Yeah, I don't want to be a Ronin. I don't want <laughs> you know. I have to do what my... Uh, um, it wasn't like a, the my Shogun asked me to execute this child, so I then mm-hmm. took the child and now I'm Lone Wolf and Cub. There was nothing, wasn't that... <laughs> Um, I'm just imagining you showing up here with like a kid being like, this is it now, guys. Sorry, guys. Yeah. I'm on the run from the uh, Shogun's Elite Warriors. Um, so, uh, yeah. So we're here back in the garage. So sorry to announce that there's no YouTube videos this week. Whenever we're in the garage. Um, there is no YouTube videos. There's no cameras allowed. Yeah. <laughs> For space reasons. For space reasons. We're already about to get smothered by Thrilling Adventure Hour shirts. Thank God, though, we we are here a day or so after the, the heat. Oh, yeah, the crazy heat. It'll yeah. still get out in this garage, but we I don't know that we could have done this. Yeah, we need to talk faster. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this episode's going to be six minutes long, everybody. <laughs> movie, movie, DVD, book it, go. God, thanks. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah. First of all, I want to say uh, Los Angeles Podcast Festival is a month away, a little less than a month, October 6th through the 8th. We have now put on, many of you have emailed about being volunteers. If you go to lapodfest.com slash volunteer, or just go to, there's a there's a volunteer tab. So it tells you all the stuff you need to do um, to become a volunteer. If you've done it in the past, um, there'll be a new volunteer coordinator this year. We're not quite sure who it is, but it won't be last year's. Um, <laughs> and... New blood. New blood. New blood. So um, <laughs> it's um, so that's what's um, so. If you want to be a um, a volunteer, go check that out. Uh, and then let's. You've already heard his lovely voice, but let's officially introduce our guest, uh, formerly uh, an intern of this fine program. Um, has a one fantastic podcast called Worst Collection Ever mm-hmm. that we've both been on. And was at the Sideshow Network, which sadly went under, and we have- R.I.P. 
We have one more coffee one mug One more left, mug, yeah, to give we'll, away. Maybe we'll give it to this guy. <laughs> <laughs> now I'll have seven. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine you just have like a closet full of them. Like right. I have so many like... By the way, Sean Merrick, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Thank you. And you now you work at Podcast One. I do work at Podcast One, yes. You have a, you have a serving set of uh, Sideshow Network I picture mugs. you like built a, a carport out of Sideshow mugs and Sideshow <laughs> swag for you like to... I know, I have like little like, uh, you know, podcast, you know, devices things you know like i've i have like a table and uh, mic stands and all that stuff well, no but yeah I well, what was amazing is uh even like sideshow network went under and we still had to fulfill a sideshow network tier on kickstarter and uh, sean was like it's not going to affect anything i've already got the stuff put aside <laughs> so it didn't matter he still had the uh the, those uh those rewards so still went out those are now collector's items exactly ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Sideshow Network is a they're collector. worth zero to ten cents <laughs> you, uh, so somebody been. somewhere needs to start a podcast museum no we're not going to do it we're not going to kickstart it someone else needs to do this <laughs> but if you do no, I, I would i would put a sideshow swag in there absolutely you should. D- particularly whoever got that might want to donate that. There'll be a Walking <laughs> the Room logo on there. There'll be a lot of cool things. <laughs> <laughs> the Naughty Show. Yeah, the, yeah. There'll be a lot of cool the, uh, oh, things. Can we do a pod crash with Chris Gore exhibit? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be good. So how is uh, Worst Collection Ever going? Tell us a little bit about that. We know what it is, but tell the, the audience what that show is, because well, it's a lot of fun. Worst Collection Ever is myself and my wife, Jen Stansfield Merrick, doing our show where we... Basically, take our comic book collection where we've amassed a lot of lame comic books, or we just we've amassed a lot of comic books. You know, a lot I of did them. one with man. Was it Mandarin? I did. So you did Mandrill? your. So, so you so you did uh, a Defenders one. All right, which with the with the character Mandrill in it, who is a uh, a, a half man half monkey drill. No, oh. uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but he uh, yeah. So yeah, you did that, and then you also we also did a World's Finest. Oh right! Where uh, Superman and uh, Superman conducted surgery. Yes, but the Defenders one was ludicrous. Oh yeah, that, yeah. I mean, I was like, it was such a, it's it was such a fun episode, and it's such a cool premise of a podcast because yeah. you find some just insane, ridiculous stuff. Yeah, usually not, stuff from the seventies. Well, seventies, right? eighties. We do a lot of nineties too because right. that's kind of the era that I really uh, glommed onto for comic books. But you know, I'm like, for instance, this week we did a, a cable, mm-hmm. the cable from the nineties, and uh, it's dumb. And we've you know, none of us are really X Men experts, but you know, we found a way to to make it ridiculous, and that's what we do pretty much each week. Is we take a book, we find a way to make it ridiculous because sometimes we buy stuff for the show, but sometimes we just buy stuff because we have questionable tastes uh-huh. and we'll just be like, okay, well we got to justify these purchases because we have all these comics. I mean, I haven't sorted them out in months. So they're just all over the place now. And we just got to find ways to talk about them and make it funny. And it's really, you know, it's just, it's, it's also, it's great because I get to hang out with my wife. We get to bullshit and mm-hmm. just, dish on stuff and it's really it's a lot of fun and i really hope that people uh find a way to check it out um i've actually had people that have heard me here on this show uh leave comments on itunes nice. or on apple Podcasts, and saying hey i heard sean and he was funny on comedy film nerds and i checked out a show and here's some five stars so oh, that's great hopefully we get to repeat that because uh we definitely would love more people to check it out it's a it's a blast for us and hopefully it's a blast for you guys uh it's worst collection ever on 
Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and uh, and everywhere but Sideshow Network. Everywhere but Sideshow Network. <laughs> you want to? Where? So where are you? So now, and what are you doing at Podcast One? So at Podcast One, I am because you became a, an official. You're a producer. You're producer a pod- over there, right? That's a, yeah, right. I'm a, basically, a, what you were doing at Sideshow are a little different. Or? I was I was a senior producer at Sideshow, um, and then a, after I left, after you know my uh, prior guy, uh, prior director Roddy left, mm-hmm. and I took over, you know, until the end, and uh, and then Sideshow went under, and uh, and it wasn't my fault. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it, was, it was i just because it makes it sound like it's like well i took it over and then it died you know <laughs> no basically you know you know levity entertainment the group that was running the the network you know or being was behind the network just felt didn't want to fund it didn't want to continue on with it because it wasn't uh i mean it had a lot of cool things with it and there's a lot of really good potential opportunities but i feel like i mean and i could i'm not going to talk about this a ton but it just wasn't like a thing where you're like oh wow we're bathing in cash from it you know and i felt that they maybe expected it to be a lot more uh financially profitable you know which i mean it was in certain regards but then you know in the end to really justify it you know they couldn't see it and it's a shame because you know i think that if there was more uh, more patience and more understanding in certain regards to podcasting. I think, and I think just overall with podcasting. I think every. I mean, it's a great point. I think everybody needs a little patience with it. Although, because what happens is it's time to grow. It needs time to grow, and people see like these handful of shows that have blown up and are making big money, and everybody thinks it's just that that happens immediately and can happen to anyone, and they don't really factor in all of these other issues that created that. Like, right. like. You know, Joe Rogan or Adam Carolla already had huge followings elsewhere. Right. Yeah, followings you know? that were developed over years, years of their craft. That they just brought them to another medium. They brought them to another medium. Right. I mean, same thing with like similar, you know, you know, even Marin, you know, had been on Conan and Letterman a bunch of times. He still had fans. He still had fans. Yeah. And same thing with well, I mean, Vincent, same a, thing with uh, Hardwick. Yeah. Like I was saying, or just in terms Hardwick of... Hardwick had the G4 following. He had G4 the, following, yeah. and then he, you know, he established some uh, relationship with someone at, at, at Legendary who put... A, I know that person put in some kind of money initially, and then when they built it up, then Legendary bought it out. So it was like... That's a great way to put your money in a circle. Yeah. <laughs> but it's also like, I mean, you know, if, if somebody came to us now or seven years ago and gave us, a, you know, several hundred thousand dollars, we could have grown this... A lot faster than how we've grown it. Sure, grown right. This it's been cool, but it's been very sort of incremental, and and that's the thing is everybody just expects, and and so then when they, and then when they see the sort of, I don't even want to use the, the term fluke, but like whatever, like my favorite murder. It's a fantastic show. Shows like that somehow just blow up in a couple well, of years, and what you know, a big show got behind it. Like all these things have to kind of line up. Yeah, and. To expect that that's just going to happen with everything you do and your entire network is like... Well, there's a perfect storm to a lot of podcasting success stories. Like, I mean, obviously, Serial was a huge factor, I think, in making a show like My Favorite Murder yeah. be right. what it is. Because... The audience know, was already listening to The podcasts. audience was already there. And yeah, and they had... And they put the show out and it just felt like, okay, if you're... And Serial was a phenomenon. Serial yeah, yep. was a phenomenon. And yeah. a lot of those shows, though, Still they is. also had the backing of like 
NPR. <laughs> yeah, they have they yeah, have right. their backings and so, stuff. You know, American Public Radio, all those uh, all those shows do. Yeah, but, so. But oh, I'll just say, but it's just you know, it you know, with regard to you know, show. I mean, because also too, a lot of times people just they also look at podcasting and they might see it as like, oh, this was easy, this is something, whatever, and they don't realize sometimes that it's there's a lot more that goes into this stuff, and you have to really again have patience and and just maybe a bit more anal- more of an analytical eye, and you know, that's something that like I definitely. You know, working with Sideshow and working with Roddy and all the people there, you know, we try to bring that to, you know, our network and try to, you know, make it the best it was, you know, best it was, you know, but there's also, you know, a lot of other factors in terms of like, you know, behind the behind the scenes stuff that doesn't really, you know, stuff that's out of my control, you know, and that that's how, you know, sometimes these things kind of go away or they kind of, you know, they evolve and it's, you know, it you can't really say how it's going to be one way or the other, you know, going into it. But, you know, but I had to look, I, I will say I had a wonderful time working for Sideshow mm-hmm. and being with Sideshow and, and bringing what we did to the table. Um, you know, we had Gilbert Godfrey's podcast. You had a lot of cool shows. I mean, I always yeah. liked going over there. You guys had a nice studio facility and, you know, we always had a nice relationship between mm-hmm. Sideshow and the podcast festival. And it's a cool thing, but you know, whatever, everything doesn't, nothing. Roddy told me a, uh, a story about, uh, you know, one of the reasons Sideshow Network was a sponsor of LA Podcast was because Roddy would always push it through. And uh, he would, like, because people above him, corporate, would like, oh, what, what are you doing? It's like, oh, you know, sorry. I just, this is what, you know, we should be doing. <laughs> Whoops. Yep, I'm yeah. sorry. And, and I then, would still push, try to push it yeah. through, too, you know? Yeah. Because that's, well, it started with Rod, uh, um, Darren. 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 Mm-hmm. Darren, you know, was a big advocate for the festival. Yeah. And he, he saw us there year one and was like, wow. Yeah. Let's be involved and, you know. So yeah, we were sorry to see them go. Yeah. So, uh, but we, uh, but yeah, now I'm at Podcast One, and I'm mm-hmm. working on a number of shows there. I actually uh, work. I work on shows like The Ross Report, uh, which is with Jim Ross, the pro wrestling announcer. Um, mm-hmm. I also just started doing uh, behind the scenes stuff for uh, Steve Austin's show. Nice. All right. So I've been working with him, and I also work with Mick Garris, post-mortem with Mick Garris. Right, we had him on. Mm-hmm. Had, you guys had him on, and uh, also let's say I work on Kirkus Reviews, which is a book review podcast, mm-hmm. and also uh, something that I'm bringing to the podcast festival, uh, The Raven Effect. I'm bringing it to the podcast festival preview night, which is something we'll, we'll, we'll talk about, or do you want to talk about now? Because we well, have- yeah, so, I mean, we can just mention it real quick. It's the thing you, you pushed for. It's at the uh, Hollywood Improv the Thursday before. Yeah, so the Thursday before we're doing, again, it's the third year in a row we're doing this. It's the podcast festival preview night where we – you know, work with the podcast, the improv and you guys to put together a show of just nothing but uh, podcasts in the improv that night. So every show, you know, the late shows and the early shows are all podcasts. Mm -hmm. And it's just kind of a way that I envisioned it as like a, like a, you know, podcast festival proper is like WrestleMania. Well, when people come into WrestleMania leading up to WrestleMania, there are all these other indie shows and all these events going on around. So, why not do something like that for people coming in a little bit early and just here to kick it and see how uh, you know see what the see what the vibe is like you know when you have a night to come in a little bit early and check out some cool shows so uh, this year we bring in, we're bringing in uh, so we have in the lab we have uh, time suck with Dan Cummins mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of that guy he uh, a funny dude and he does a history podcast but it's a funny history podcast kind of like uh, Dan right. Dan Carlin great. And 
so he's he's going to be on at the uh, eight o'clock or seven thirty show in the lab, and then the nine thirty show in the lab is going to be the Raven Effect with pro wrestler Raven. He's uh, a show that I would produce on Podcast One, but he's a you know he's a very silly dude. He's got a you know he's got a lot of very unique personality, and he's got you know his personality in wrestling is more of like a. Uh, like a, Ed, I described him as like an Edgar Allan Poe meets dystopia kind of thing. Hmm. Yeah, you know, but he's also he's always like you saying he's like the you know he used to you know be like a Gen Xer. You know what about me? What about Raven? And if you watched ECW, or he's wrestling all of them: ECW, WCW, TNA, WWF. He's wrestled everywhere. All right, and so we're bringing him in. To, I didn't realize there were that many wrestling. Uh, oh, there organizations are now. There well. Some of them aren't around, like ECW and WCW aren't around, but you know there are still quite a few. And uh, but he's coming in to do the nine thirty show, and then in the main room, eight o'clock, we have uh, Rob has a podcast with Rob Sesternino. Right. Rob's uh, a reality pod- show guy. He's what? He's started on a reality show, right? He did. He started mm-hmm. on Survivor, mm-hmm. and he is kind of brought his uh, is he's kind of created this empire of podcasts uh, based around. Mostly reality TV, but also around other like recap shows. He's doing like a Seinfeld rewatch. He does a lot of like big, like bigger things that drop on Netflix, like uh, House of Cards and Orange is, New Black, Orange is the New Black. He does a lot of recap shows for that. And he's built this empire, or he's like an impresario for podcasts, you know, just for kind of that thing. But he's got a very dedicated following and he's a funny guy and he's sharp and. He has, you know, he has. Fun. He's done live shows before at the Improv, and I've known him for years because he was a part of Sideshow for for a oh, right. while. Mm-hmm. And I, I am, I highly recommend everybody check him out. And let's talk some movies. Well, I got one more show to miss. All right, mm-hmm. all right. Sorry, ten fifteen. Wow, who, if Graham's trying to get the show back on track, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Sorry about that. So ten fifteen. Who weekly on the Headgum Network? Uh, Bobby Finger and uh, Lindsey Weber. They do kind of like a pop culture review show and uh they're coming in from new york and we're really excited to have them so hollywood.improv.com go to october 5th and please check out uh the tickets they're individually uh sold for each show and if you're a weekend pass holder for the Podfest, you do get in for free Okay. All right, guys. So get your weekend passes at LAPodfest.com. Mm-hmm. We're putting out the lineups and everything like that. Uh, we're adding shows, so it'll be fun. Let's talk. Let's movies. do it. Let's talk about some movies. Let's talk about the one we all saw. Definitely. Yes, let's talk about it. <laughs> yeah, uh, this movie was a mess to uh, just to start. We can say it was a mess, but I was reading through some of the trivia. And um, I found it to be very entertaining, actually more entertaining than the film. Uh, during post-production, the office was broken into and a flash drive containing some VFX shots were stolen. Uh, apparently that drive was never recovered. Ooh. So uh, well, I'm just assuming based on the VFX shots in the film. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, Right before production, Warner Brothers dropped the project. But since Adam Wingard was passionate about the project, the studio let him move the film into another platform with Netflix buying the rights. Um, we get on studios all the time about the dumb decisions that they make. Can't fault them for this one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> here's the thing. Uh, even if you're a fan of the manga comic or the anime or whatever, no one was really clamoring for a 
live action Death Note. And a lot of these things don't translate. It's like, I'm a big fan of Ghost in the Shell as an anime, but I had no desire at all to see Scarlett Johansson in a live action version of it. Some of these things simply don't translate and they're not supposed to. Like, uh, there's a reason why they're in anime because it, um, the other thing too, is you have, uh, some of the cultural things that are shown in anime don't always translate over to a Western audience. And I think this is definitely one of those times. Uh, It was really one of those movies that was like all these random rules and then the rules get broken. And then uh, uh, the premise is, if you don't know, is a book falls out of the sky and uh, you can write someone's name in it and then that person will die. And you can also talk about their, uh, the way they die too. But there's a keeper of the book and then there's a mascot that comes with the book. <laughs> that, uh, the book comes with the mascot. <laughs> with so a, like when you buy a Happy Meal, like yes. dirt one and, there's, and you get a Transformer figure. Yeah, exactly. You get a Death God that comes oh, with it. They're played okay. by Willem Defoe, who, is that McDonald's that does the death? Yeah. Guard? Is that Burger King? I think so. If uh, if you eat enough burgers, you get a death well, god. Right. That's how you look when you get, <laughs> yeah. you get enough burgers. Uh, like a a, a, weirdo. And then this, um, you know, the movie just meanders from one weird plot point to the next. It's like, all right, well, he's the keeper of the book, so he he uh, writes down who gets killed, and then turns out and is like, okay, well, no. Anybody can kind of write in the book, but if he's the keeper, what does that even matter? If anybody can kind of write a name in the book, yeah. and uh, uh, and then yeah, it is dumb. And then there's uh, all these other different rules that just show up randomly. Uh, well, he didn't read them all. No, he didn't read them all. I would have read them all, but also, but it, it, it didn't even matter because it was just like they were trying to use the rules to move the plot along, and it did the had the opposite effect. It just made it more muddled. Well, yeah, when they when they. I was really, the first part of this movie, 20 minutes or so, I was like, I was kind of, I was like, all right, this is a cool premise. Yeah. And, and the whole, the, the ethical and moral dilemma of, you know, am I just going to use this to get, you know, get back at people I matter or maybe we can do some good. And so I'm going to have all these awful gangsters and these human traffickers and all these people, I'm going to have them kill themselves. And like. Premise wise, it's interesting. It's very interesting. Yeah. No. The, the. There's a lot of rules. I was like, okay, how are they going to figure this out? But then that was the thing when all of a sudden, like, you know, uh, we'll, we'll do a spoiler up on this and so we'll go into more details. But then when, like you say, when other people are writing in the book, I was like, well, wait a minute, what does that mean? And if you're going to show that to me, then show me the rule that says only another person can write the book only if they, you know, what right. their fucking thing is, then give me those rules since you've told me out front yeah. there's, there's so many rules. Only if they send in their uh, social security number and ID. Right. right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then, then yeah, what's the point of having a keeper of the book if anybody can write it? Yeah, then what's, yeah. why does he yeah. do it if it falls yeah. out of this guy? And uh, the, uh, the death guy likes apples. That's yeah. the other thing. We've I did like Was he a horse? Was Willem Dafoe, uh, was, was Willem Dafoe as Groot a horse? Yeah. <laughs> He was some type of Groot horse. It, it was like douche Groot. Groot horse porcupine I hybrid. Like, I, you know, I did like Willem Dafoe. I thought he played the creepy... And he looked like he was having fun doing it. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. No, I, I thought he was good. I thought the uh, the L character, I thought the guy... Like at Stanfield? Yeah, but I, I thought he was great. Um, only because he had to do a lot of acting with his eyes and just kind of... Didn't know. like using chairs properly. Yeah, I know. He would, always, a, he would always perch. He's a, he's a, there's a, also, but yeah, there's, there's a, I'll, look, I'm going to, I'm going to divert a little bit from what you guys say. And I kind of liked it. Mm-hmm. Not, I mean, there's a lot of things about it that I didn't quite 
appreciate, but you know, I kind of have a bit more interest now to check out some more of Adam Wingard's work. I know that he's done You're, you're Next, and uh, did he do um, what was the other movie he did? Was it The Guest? Or was it was it It Follows? No, did he do that? No, he didn't do It Follows. He did. Um, so he, yeah, he did do The Guest. He yeah. did Your Next. Um, he, you know, he did the the Blair Witch remake. Oh, that's oh, right. Right, I forgot. Okay. I, for, I for, did VHS two. I forgot VHS. about that one. So um, here, here's he has Tim Burton syndrome. He needs to do his own thing. Whenever he gets put on a licensed property, things go south. Uh-huh. Is really he has just kind of a vision. I really like the guest. The guest was right. really interesting. It's his movie, yeah, mm-hmm. and and I think there were some cool aspects to this. I mean, mm-hmm. like he is a filmmaker. I I probably will check out just because he's he's doing some interesting stuff. Yeah, and he also has kind of some signature graphic violence that were yeah. definitely in the movie like you're like well you kind of exp- if you follow Adam Wingard you know well there's going to be something gruesome in here well it's almost like was- uh, it's kind of something like I love uh, like Dario Gento and like Lamberto Bava like I just saw Demons at the new New Beverly the other day and uh, just a lot of there's some gore in that just gore but just like <laughs> goofy sometimes goofy gore but it also works within the context you know and i thought it was you know i i was cool with that you know but at the same time you know i had some issues with the character motivations and just i don't know maybe just sometimes obviously it's a movie so you have to move the plot along Mm -hmm. but everything but there's also parts in it where i'm just like okay that that seems a bit too extreme for humans you know for for real life and it doesn't feel you know, like I can, I, I really have to suspend disbelief, you know, in that, in this regard. You From know? frame one, you really have to suspend disbelief. I mean, obviously. Yeah. But I mean, this is kind of the idea is that, like, y- which is easier to do in anime because it's already, you know, you have, you're already in that medium where, like, anything can kind of happen. So you're, you're already a little more prepared for it. Mm-hmm. But, like, one of the comments here, um, the producer said that it will be one of the first manga adaptations that feels very grounded but still has fantastical elements. No, this movie was not grounded at all. No. It was all over the place in the sky and in the clouds and everywhere. The, the last thing I would call this movie would be grounded. Well, it's the thing we've talked about with science fiction, but even when you're doing sort of science fiction y horror thriller stuff, we say this time and time again. If you whatever rules you establish, mm-hmm. just right. fucking stick to them. Right. It's not that hard. like no. Here, I you would, could set up any rule you want. Any rule you want. If right. it's just stick to it. Yeah. And how come no one is on the set going? Wait a minute, didn't we? We already remember the first act we shot. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> like I know you're shooting shit out of order, but does, isn't someone? Mm-hmm. Isn't the script supervisor or somebody going? Well, I thought we established this. Right. And then it's like, well, no, there's a rule that says this. Well, then we need to shoot that scene to explain that. Oh, like so, well, well, the script supervisor. Yeah. The script supervisor was actually uh, Willem Dafoe as a horse Groot, so he was right. just, yeah. okay. so they'd be like, he'd be like, "What's the line?" He'd be like, "I didn't need you to eat an apple and run away." But I mean, that, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's uh, okay. Here's the thing that I really knows about this movie. Uh, did any of you guys feel that it was too long, even though it was ninety minutes? Yes. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah, I was like, oh god, and I had to watch it in two sittings, and I was, I was starting, God, this movie's dragging on. I felt like, God, this is like a two and a half hour movie. And I was like. I'm only 50 minutes in. Right. Yeah, there's, there's a point where there's a, a point where it feels like it's very definitive. I'm like, okay, the end of the movie's coming, and because I hear because 
admittedly, I then, then, then you got forty five minutes left. Yeah, I saw that. And I was like, wait a minute, what else are we doing here? Like, what else are they going to do? Are they going to you know show every letter you know being written in there? Are we going? I mean, what was going on? But I and one of the interesting yeah. things too was like um, completely glossed over is like, well, how does the book move from keeper to keeper? What are the rules for moving back and forth? And, you know, it was alluded to as like, well, what if I write the death god's name in the book? And uh, the death god was like, well, people have tried. They've only gotten two letters in. So, like, but there was something interesting about that. Like, is there a way to destroy the book? Or, like, like all these things, yeah. you could tell that think- it just got completely glossed over or missed or uh, were just omitted. Let's get, I mean... Let's talk more about it in the spoiler. Absolutely. Not, these, yeah. are, these are the specific details I really want to get into. So, right. So, um, All right. So listen to the spoiler and we will do more Death Note. And uh, I have a little more trivia too. Okay. So uh, let's go to the next movie, Gook. Now you saw this. Um, I, I got to say, I'm glad I saw it. Was, it I, was, I had a, quite a dilemma. Was so. it pa- palate cleanser from Death Note? <laughs> nah, whatever. <laughs> Pal- the thing, Death Note was Netflix. So I don't. There isn't a like Jesus. I went all the way to this theater and right, <laughs> exactly. God damn it! It was mm-hmm. just sort of like, all right. When it got boring, I stopped it and watched it the next day. So right. Um, I was I was very torn Saturday night. I didn't have a show and was like Godfather one and two, thirty five millimeter prints were playing at the Arrow near my house. Oh wow! And I was like, ooh, or this movie. And I was like, well, I need to talk about. I wanted to see this movie, and I want to support independent filmmakers. And while I love Godfather 1 and 2, I have seen both of them 35 millimeter prints multiple times on the screen, and I'm right. sure I'll get to see them again. Um, so I went It's not to, going away. It's not going away. <laughs> They're classic masterpieces, and if, I, if it's another five years before I get to see them on the big screen, it'll always be beautiful. Have, have you ever seen the version where they combine both of them together? No. Yeah, I think uh, Cable or somebody showed it where they combined both of them together because Godfather 2 has a lot of flashbacks in it. Oh. So they literally put they it together. They did them linear? They did them linear, oh. yeah, from start to finish. God, um, I would I, mm-hmm. I would fucking love that. That mm-hmm. is the most beautiful thing I've ever heard. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, but I was like, I want to support this. And I'm glad I did. It's a very inventive movie. Uh, the, the writer, director, and lead actor is Justin Chan. And... Um, it's it's I, I want to bring it up on on IMDb here. Um, it's it's interesting in a lot of ways. First of all, um, it's uh, God damn my phone. Who the fuck keeps calling? Um, <laughs> um, so it's uh, I want I want to bring up the thing. So um, the guy, uh, the lead actor is also the writer-director. And so it, it feels very authentic to me in the sense that it takes place on the day of the Rodney King verdict and subsequent riots. Yes. So what I think that was April 29, 1992. So, and that when that actually happened, there was a lot of violence between the black and Korean communities here in L.A., and I remember specifically in those neighborhoods. In those neighborhoods, yeah, mm-hmm. because there's the, the and the. I remember reading afterwards there was a lot of. Um, part of it was cultural in terms of like. 
In the American culture, you come in, you make eye contact. Hey, how you doing? My name's Graham. That's how you introduce yourself. That's rude in, in many Asian, specifically the Korean culture. You come in and from coming into a store, especially if you're an elder, I bow and I don't make eye contact, you know? And so, uh, you know, if you're an American and a Korean kid comes in your store and isn't making eye contact with you, you think what's in our culture, that's like, well, this person's shifty, you know? Uh, while they're being actually respectful. So then you come in all, hi, how you doing American? And they're like, you're being rude. So there's just a lot of cultural differences. And this goes into just some very specific people. It's taking place in Paramount, which was not in South Central where the real big riots were happening, but some stuff goes down. And you see, they do a very good job. The filmmaker does a very excellent job of setting up how these tensions didn't just pop off on one day. They had been there for a while. Um, and the thing I thought it was very interesting, it's in black and white. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Nice. It felt like an indie film from the 90s. It felt mm -hmm. like a Spike Lee movie or something like that, um, which was cool because it. I felt like I was in the night. You know, it very, did mm -hmm. a very good job of bringing you into the 90s. And then it just had really... Um, a, 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 it, it had really good, solid actors. So he, um, the well, the, the writer and director, writer and lead actor, Justin Chan, he was 11 at the time of the Rodney King LA riots. So yeah, he's remembering that and you're seeing it because there's this little girl that comes by the studio, uh, Simone Baker. And, um, you know, they, she, when you say studio, what you mean? The shop, the shop, mm -hmm. right. She comes by their shop. Um, they sell they sell shoes in 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 their neighborhood. So Simone Baker does. I mean, she's a, an amazing young actress. She's only done like American Horror Story and you know a couple other things because she's young. But she's hanging out with them, and I feel like he prob. My guess is is he the director sort of drew from when he was eleven, probably hanging out with people, and when it all went down. And he also cast the role of Mr. Kim. There's an old Korean liquor store across the street from their shoe store. And he's kind of a, a he's a mean old man. And uh, the, the director said he, he wrote the role for his father, um, he, for his father and he had his father play. It. And apparently it took his, his dad three months to get convinced to play. The role. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he was, well, I had to talk to his agent. Well, it was a tough sell. Yeah. yeah that, that was, <laughs> no, it was like, cause he was the, the dad apparently was like the nature of the film and what he actually went through and it was too similar, too close for him. It was, it was hard. And he wanted participation. Yeah. He wanted back end points <laughs> on a black and white independent yeah. film. Um, smart. Uh, I would have gotten more upfront money. Me yeah. personally. Um, but no, it was it's it's a really cool little movie, and I highly recommend it. Uh, it has a very limited release. That's why I was I I decided to see this because I wanted to see it on the big screen, um, because visually it's really interesting with black and white, and 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 it 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 talks a lot about L.A. and the the cultural differences and racism, and it's from it's the riots through uh, Korean people's point of view. I feel like that's a perspective. Uh, we haven't seen yet. You don't see a lot of no, no. So. We haven't. We've gotten the riots through, uh, you know, black people's point of view and that community a lot, which is good. We should we should talk about that. But we've never seen this, and I'm, it's funny. We've talked about a lot of good movies coming out of South Korea, but this is a good voice. This is a an American with a Korean American making this film, and it's like this is a filmmaker, man. I want to. 
I want to, I want, I want to see more what he's going to do because it's yeah. really, it's one of those, those, those filmmakers that you go, oh God, this movie, you know, wow, this is fantastic. It's something that might stand, you know, down the line too. It might stand out as a, you know, something that this guy, you know, he's going to continue to, you know, produce, you know, unique films and good films and strong films. But, you know, I think down the line, people are going to look back at it and say, wow, this was something we shouldn't have maybe slept on because, you know, and especially in 2017, doing a black and white movie, mm-hmm. you know, and touching on that, you know, that sort of subject matter from that perspective. I mean, it's it's extremely unique and it should be supported. He's only done one other one other feature called Man Up, which I have not seen, but it's really like, you know, I just can tell you, go see this movie. It, there's great performances from the guy who plays his brother um, and their relationship and the the young girl and and you know his dad playing Mr. Kim there's really good and you know the young girl's brother and sister and there's all this like and he <laughs> it's funny we talk about introducing stuff in death note and then and then bailing on it yeah. <laughs> this he did a great job this director of introducing stuff and we didn't get full explanation and resolution but he introduced just enough to go oh there's some history here mm-hmm. i don't know what it is specifically but there's some history here and it was it, it was all felt justified it all felt real it all felt human and you know this is like this is a great young filmmaker you know and i'd love to i want to see more and i hope people go support this film so cool check it out don't yeah. miss it check it out um, next movie is The Layover. Now, this is the Kate Upton movie that you saw, directed by William H. Macy, Sean. Yes. So uh, First, tell us what it's about, because uh, for people who aren't familiar with well, it. Well, first of all, it's in black and white. <laughs> it takes place during the riots. It takes place during the riots. And, uh, and there's a book falls out of the sky. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, Willem Dafoe's, uh, you know, a porcupine. And uh, it's a great movie, man. It has not, I, I was surprised. Uh, no, so basically... It's a film about Kate Upton and Alexandria Daddario, I think her name is. She right. was in uh, – she was – I'm actually hyper aware of her because I just watched the Baywatch remake and she's in that. So Her best part actually is – True um, Detective. Yeah, True Detective. She's great in that. She plays like yeah. the crazy mistress in True Detective. Um, yeah. She does some fine acting in that. But. Yeah, so she. That's. I think that's kind of where she got – She's uh, not the mummy, is she? That's not no. the same. Actress. No, I think no. it's a different. That's a different mm-hmm. actress. Uh, but she, so her and Kate Upton are best friends from mm-hmm. from forever, you know. And Kate Upton's out there with her, you know, American accent, you know, trying to <laughs> keep it together. She does actually a really good job. I shouldn't mm-hmm. be uh, difficult with that. But basically, they're best friends, and Kate Upton's like the the hot, crass woman. You know, who sleeps with all the guys because, you know, party, party, party. And Alexandra Daddario is, you know, the straight-laced but beautiful woman who, you know, can't catch a break, you know, because Mm -hmm. her one friend is really hot. And I love it when they take a a completely knock-down, drag-out, beautiful woman like Alexandra Daddario Mm -hmm. and make her like the... The frumpy sidekick? Yeah, the frumpy sidekick. (laughs) Like, oh my God, she is stunning. Yeah, (laughs) Give me a break. Yeah, Yeah, I know. They really try to kind of play it up where it's like, oh, she's got such a hard time. I'm like... That's Hollywood plain. Oh, God. Yeah, Yeah, I know. That's how... Oh, she's this girl next door. Oh, really? Ponytails and no makeup? Right. She could show up. If she walked through this door right now, ponytails, no makeup, baggy t-shirt and jeans. We'd still have to avert our eyes. I know. It would be like, hey, hi, I'm Graham Elwood. This is the thing, because... 
<laughs> no, no, I'm saying no. And you me, go, I know who you are. I know who you are. That's why <laughs> I've heard about you. <laughs> I'm so excited for the earbuds release on September 12th on all digital platforms. I just wanted to come by this garage in the valley and say hello. Yeah. So well, is that an unwanted T-shirt? Can I wear it? <laughs> Palm strike. Why oh, not? Why? Hello. Oh my God! I can get the last sideshow network mug. Oh my God! Can I slowly drink it, Graham? <laughs> Put some water in it and pour it on my head. Oh, it's a, such a hot day here in the valley. Um, no, but they. Um, so yeah, but well, it actually, it was funny. But real quick to that point, because being a podcaster and I've met a lot of performers and you know guests and all that. I remember the one time uh, Jane Leaves came in, who was uh, Daphne on uh, on Frasier, and it's one of those things where you're like, "Wow, you're a celebrity. I got to be careful because just the the vibe, you know." And I get that sense, you know, but. And so there are these friends, and they both have, like, problems, you know, in their work lives, and they decide, well, you know what, let's take, you know, or Kate, Kate Upton's like, let's take an impulsive vacation to Florida. And they get on a plane, and in between them is sitting, uh, you know, a hot blonde dude, you know, with muscles. He's basically like a... Uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, Charlie Hunnam on uh, growth hormone, mm-hmm. and <laughs> and he's so they're sitting there. And, was he mumbling? Yeah, he comes swaggering in. He's like, I gotta get in my. Uh, well, gotta get on my, my Harley. Stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm a drifter. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I gotta do uh, you know because I'm Intel. You know, but um, yeah. So they so they're and so they both realize like, oh, this man is hot, and let's compete for him. And then there's a layover in St. Louis because they're going to they're from going from Seattle to florida and they take a layover in st louis because of uh, hurricanes mm-hmm. so they are in st louis and they're competing back and forth with them and silly things happen and eventually you know it's it's kind of it's basically it's a road comedy you know and event funny you know there's some good jokes in it <laughs> i mean really there are some good Let me answer that question with, well, you know. <laughs> that pause said a lot, young Merrick. There's a, handful of, uh, there's a handful of gags in it. Well, thanks for finding the joy. In, yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 I did, I did it. I did in an otherwise mediocre movie. <laughs> I mean, I didn't, I didn't hate it, but also, well, this is the thing about this movie is like, the acting is, the acting is okay, you know, I don't know what it is. Maybe William H. Macy is hard of hearing because <laughs> they everybody is yelling at each other. They're like, you know, having these conver- these conversations that they should maybe be like, let's, you know, let's kind of keep this down because we're best friends and we shouldn't be fighting like this Well, maybe in they didn't have the money for good sound equipment. Yeah. So they, they just must. needed everyone to yell. Put a speaker in the middle of it and yell. And what is some of the direction, the too? It's like, well, when you say that line, try to sound less attractive. You know, <laughs> yell that line, right? So be shrill. Please so shout people, really loud, and so people don't see how your blue eyes could like melt. Yes, steel. Yeah. So there's, and then you know, and it basically, um, it kind of feels like. Do you, you guys remember the movie? I think it was 2003. It was uh, the sweetest thing with Cameron Diaz, Christina Applegate. And you know, I missed that, Sean. I didn't get a chance no, to no. see the Christina Applegate movie, but uh, no, it's actually a pretty. I actually 
I watched it by mistake once on Cinemax, and I rather enjoyed it. <laughs> However, it the, uh, the the some of the premise and the ending kind of like something my dad would say when he didn't want to admit he was watching a skin flick. I just watched a movie by mistake for an hour for and, an a, hour half. and <laughs> a half. Watch it for a taut ninety minutes, <laughs> you know. But yeah, I, no, it was one of the, well, it was weird because it was one of the movie. I remember that movie. Uh, she was saying it just starts, and I'm like, I'm like, am I watching a movie? I, I, you sometimes you can't tell if you're watching a movie because they don't like start it properly. And then you're like, oh, I'm watching a movie. I guess I'm watching it. So, <laughs> but I watched it. Yeah, you know, but it reminded me of this movie, of this layover movie. And uh, I mean, same. There's some good gags in it. Uh, the acting's a bit broad. Um, the story. There's definitely a lot of you know places where it's like, eh, you know, maybe they should have thought this part out a bit better. You know, but I mean, it serves its purpose for like you know a female driven comedy you know and it wildly fails a bechdel test but you know it's uh it's it's not bad you know i i mean i still enjoyed it. it was one of those things where i went to go see with with, with jen and, and it's we, a good movie for a plane watching the layover 100 percent because it's about planes <laughs> and uh i had a story i have a story because so i went to the grove to see it my first time seeing a movie at the grove really yeah no. all I, these years in la i haven't gone to the grove yeah wait really I was gonna say because I've only been to the Grove a handful of times, and and then I uh, I just we were just this is the only place that was playing this movie at the time. So I went to the Grove, and our, God, this movie didn't get a wider release. That's weird. Well, I mean, I think it will eventually. <laughs> no, I mean, let's hope not. <laughs> <laughs> but so I'm sitting there, and they had a, a showing. It said the, my theory, my showing was like a ten, but they had a showing. It said eight o'clock, and I'm sitting there with Jen, and we're waiting, and. Walking by me is William H. Macy and Alexandra Daddario and their crew. And they go into the 8 o'clock showing for some reason. But it's already 9.30. And I go to Jen. I'm like, are they going back in time to watch this? Like, what is going on? Q&A. There was nobody in there, though. I don't think anybody was in there. I think they were just by themselves just watching this movie. And, uh, you know, and it sucks, too, because every time I see a celebrity like that, I always have this impulse to be like hey it's that guy you know and i want to like hey billy you know <laughs> and i wanted to be like hey maybe i can go and give him my give him my piece of my mind you know about this film after before it's over or something and you know i didn't do that because i'm a i'm a pro but um <laughs> billy mace what's up pal billy mace loved yeah. rudderless well that's right he did direct that too yeah. And I, I want a piece of trivia related to Sideshow. Former Sideshow Network host Paul Mercurio reviewed that reviewed that movie for the show uh, that I booked him on. So well, yeah. fantastic. And and tone, and actually, thinking about it, those movies are tonally different because Rudderless is about like it's a sad thing. It's, it's about a, a father's son died and he finds his songs. And this yeah. one's about like what if two girls fought over a man? You know, like, what would that on be? an airplane? On an airplane? You know, in the in the air. And there's a lot of you know. I mean, there's there's some. Did anybody say I want these motherfucking snakes off this motherfucking plane? <laughs> I wish they did. <laughs> so you just want that on every plane movie? Chris? I do. I really do. <laughs> I I just kind of do. If it was Alexander <laughs> Daddario, I would be like, yeah. yeah she gets that line. Actually, I would have. It would have kind of. They're shouting so loud. I'm surprised they didn't just add that in because you know they're on this plane and they're you know as close as we are to each other and they're like har, 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 you know just blowing each other's eardrums out you know and everybody you know everybody else on the plane is, isn't get, like is not like get you the intention of the air marshal I'm, su- I'm surprised yeah no it was it was uh it was it was, it was okay. i don't think i could see this movie just because i mean i like william h macy i like alexander daddario uh, i don't have a problem with kate upton um but 
I just feel like I would I would be like I would pick Alexander Daddario over Kate Upton just any day like any day I wouldn't even you would pick the frumpy best friend yeah I would pick the frumpy best friend <laughs> such a hideous woman yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> you mean you'd pick the nine point eight over the nine point nine well it's not really a matter of I mean, I guess it's... she wear glasses? Yeah, exactly. Puts her hair and wears glasses. Oh, boy, she's hideous. Then takes yeah. the glasses off. Oh, my God. Yeah, she's a yeah. runway model. <laughs> I mean, there's a twist at the end. Oh, boy. You know, it turns out they, they missed were... their connection. Turns out it was... <laughs> turns out it was Earth all along, you know. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, I mean, there's... there's the a Planet of the Apes twist at, <laughs> the end. at the end. Alexander Dyer's going, you maniacs, you finally done it. Spoiler alert, guys. Planet of the Apes. <laughs> she's all like, right, we're done talking about this movie. Yeah. <laughs> we have an ad read today. Oh, yes. Shit. Casper Mattress has come back. We love, love uh, talking about Casper Mattress because uh, the quality of the mattresses are so good. It has an in house team of engineers that go through thousands of hours developing the Casper. It, support, it combines supportive memory foam for a sleep service that's just got the right amount of sink and the right amount of bounce. Now, Graham, you are on a Casper mattress. How do you feel about it still? Uh, yes, I brought it with me. I'm sitting on the garage. No, I've had it for two years. I love I love this mattress, and I I did like the you know they have the hundred uh, night trial, uh, and there's free shipping and return. So literally, sleep on it, and within a hundred days, if you don't like it, you can send it back for yeah. free. So there's no risk. There's no risk at all. And, and it's it, you'll get a great a mattress at a shockingly fair price. And yeah, well, it's it's really affordable because they just um, they sell directly to you. So there's not like. Other mattress companies, you got to, they get it from a distributor and then there's a mattress store. There's not an MMM, a mattress middleman. <laughs> no, no, there's not a, there's not a three M's. <laughs> an M cubed. An M cubed. You have one, Sean. Do I you, do. You yeah, like it? I, uh, I, I think it's fantastic. I, uh, you know, I had to get rid of the spring mattress that I had for four years because my spine. Yeah. And I was like, immediately, immediately sleeping better. Uh, I, I wasn't even, thinking about the 90 day trial because i'm so ready 100 day trial 100 day trial mm -hmm. i'm so enamored 90 plus 10 you could call it if yeah, you want yeah yeah 90 plus <laughs> 5 plus 5 um, you know but yeah it was um it was it's fantastic and uh, i still have it and i look forward to continue sleeping on it and having great uh, great slumber and the other thing don't don't just take our opinion there's been over 20,000 reviews and an average of 4.8 out of 5 stars so um, you need you know. a new mattress, check them out. But we're not going to let you pay full price. No. No, go to casper.com slash comedy film nerds and use the promo code comedy film nerds. Get 50%, excuse me, $50 off your um, mattress purchase. Now, that coupon code is only good for the mattress purchases. Casper.com slash comedy film nerds. Use the promo code comedy film nerds to save $50 off your mattress purchase. Sleep tight, my little babies. <laughs> Um, we got some trailers. And don't write in the book. Don't write. Oh, God. Well, if you do, and then the rules change. And, shit, and then Kate Upton suddenly is whatever. Um, yeah, we'll talk about some trailers. Act. Let's talk about some did trailers. You see, did you see the snowman? Oh, oh my gosh. Um, this is Michael Fassbender um, chasing down a serial killer who makes snowmen, you know, to taunt him. Uh, you know what it feels like? It, fe it really, you know, it's based on a quote best-selling novel. Mm -hmm. Uh, it really feels like some like, well, we're not getting another girl with a dragon tattoo movie anytime soon. We feel like this might fill in the gaps. It's got that bleak <laughs> winter feel to it because it's got a snowman, uh, Is there <laughs> snowman like building, creepy holiday uh, music. Yeah, 
It reminded me a little bit of the Krampus when uh, that that movie when all those, the creepy snowmen kept getting closer to the house. <laughs> but uh, I, I'll tell you, this movie did this trailer did not make me want to see the movie. It really felt like a by the numbers kind of murder mystery thriller where. Um, you know, you'll be able to see the twists coming from miles away. And I, I, it just, it didn't make me want to see the movie or read the book. Is there a special appearance by James McAvoy as the reindeer? Yeah. <laughs> now that would be great. Also, jingle, oh, jingle. <laughs> Hello, I've brought you presents. Also, this being a Fastbender movie, do we get to see his pianist? <laughs> I don't know, Sean. Uh, I'm not sure what you're into. Yeah, it's, you know that's that's it's part of the snowman mold. I'm not sure. <laughs> so so, so he's, he's got an yeah. icy cock. Yep every uh, every snowman that the serial killer builds, then he uh, he fucks. He, he finds he, he, he just finds a really big icicle, and he's like, bang! That's my calling card. No one's going uh, no to stick it to the serial so killer. We haven't uh, we haven't gotten dirty and weird in a while. No, we haven't. We were due. We were, yeah. I was coming in. We had to filth it up for Sean. Yeah. <laughs> so, I I don't know. This, well, this, I, I remember that because of the movie Shame. I remember. Oh, okay, yeah. I didn't want people being like, he just brought up uh, he just brought up a Fassbender's penis for no reason. I'm like, yeah, no, 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 we understand. But no. Oh, okay. But it still <laughs> felt that way. Yeah. <laughs> hey, whatever. Yeah. Whoever's in your spank bank, Sean. Yeah. I mean, you know, we're all free here to be who we want to be yep, in our lives. You know, all right. <laughs> You want to get bendy with a snowman? That's fine. (laughs) (laughs) All right, what's the other trailer? The other one is Home Again. This is a Reese Witherspoon um, kind of romantic comedy. Which is coming out this weekend. Yes, coming out this weekend. Now, this one I actually found um, kind of engaging and fun, and it really felt just like it had the, the right mix of kind of heartfelt and funny. Um, what happens is she kind of falls for a younger guy and then him and his buddies move in, but then the ex shows up and wants to get back together. So then it, he moves in. It's got some, it's got some really funny, awkward moments to it in the trailer. So I'm hoping the movie delivers on what the trailer promises. So, but I found it, I, I found it engaging for sure. Wow. It's an Nancy Myers. I don't know what trailer you were watching, but I was like, oh, I cannot wait to avoid this film. <laughs> well, it's a Nancy Myers kind of deal, right? Yes. Right? It's, it's, uh, I think exactly it is. It's her daughter's directing it, Haley mm-hmm. Myers. Oh, okay. Well, new generation. All right. Yeah. So the intern, too. Yeah, Can't wait. If any of our parents uh, <laughs> were China list actors, then we could. Uh, the car careers would be a little easier. Yeah, <laughs> But uh, oh, so you didn't like the trailer? No. No. Okay. All right. Fair enough. I, it Wait. might. Now this might have something to do with the fact that you know I have a di- I have children, and uh, you know I was I was into that kind of like uh, you know that family mode, how she was kind of creating uh, a new family out of these three <laughs> guys that moved in. So it just seems uh, wildly. It seems like such a contrived premise. That sounds right. like a sitcom instead of yeah, a movie. It's exactly. It, 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 like it definitely contrived. felt that way, but it, it. I don't know. It didn't bother me. I don't know. It got around my defenses. <laughs> All right. So we'll see. Um, but like I said, the trailer might have the best parts in it, and it might be a, uh, a mess anyway. So uh, let's go to DVD and Blu-rays. Now, all eyes on me. This was the Tupac Chikur um, movie. Yeah, you know, I watched this and, you know, I was I had some high hopes for this just because the casting, the guy looks exactly like Tupac. 
Um, it's it's spooky how much he it's looks really, like him. It's really it's that was amazing. But the problem is, is I think you know, straight out of Compton, set the bar so high for telling a story of of this era of rap, and that this felt like a made for TV movie. Right. It just you know, and he even has some of the same characters, the actual right, people right. in mm-hmm. in yeah. this movie that were in straight and straight out of Compton. You know. We we like talk watching about, Ice Cube's son play his dad. Yeah, and mm-hmm. also also they really it just felt straight out of Compton felt more uh, authentic, felt more you know just had a better script, it was a better crafted film, better crafted film, and this mm-hmm. just felt like it it had just sort of a kind of a paint by the numbers script, which was a little disappointing because the Tupac story is very engaging. Yeah. He's a very interesting, polarizing person, whether you. Liked him, didn't like him, whatever. Like, and and to get a a good version, I would love to see. Died too young. Yeah, died too young. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. The mistakes he made, the things he was was or was not accused. You know, like all of that stuff. And they they tried to cover it in this film, but it just sort of was like, it just felt it just fell into sort of two dimensional cliches too often to where it wasn't. It just was like a bummer because right. Straight Outta Compton was like, and the kid that played Easy E in Straight Outta Compton, as I said, he should have gotten an Oscar nomination. He, he was, was great. so good. Mm-hmm. So it just just didn't have that that strength to it. Was this mm-hmm. Tupac movie? This was like being in production for like a long time. I feel. Yeah. I feel like it's always been like we're gonna make it. We're gonna make it. We're gonna make it. And then I think once uh, Straight Outta Compton must have. Yeah, and then I think when they saw the final product, they just sort of that's where they gave it this kind of weird release date in the spring, and yeah. it just didn't. Right, didn't gel. They knew it didn't. It didn't. It didn't resonate. You know, it didn't resonate in the in the um, the festivals. It didn't resonate with the, with a lot of the big critics. So it just kind of, and I see why. Yeah, personally. right. Um, it certainly resonated with the Billboard. There's a I visually, yeah. That kid, we're just oh. like. Well, yeah. No, I was just gonna say for some reason they had a Billboard up for like months over by my house. It was like, <laughs> even after the movie was already out theaters, but. Um, I don't know. I'm interested because I, I I feel like I I feel like I because I, I, I had some uh, I used to uh, at podcast one there was some shows a show that I produced and we had some people on from that movie come to talk about you know being in this movie and I'm like okay you know, I have to I have to give this a shot I want I mean I, I'm glad I saw it in the sense that I wanted to I, you know I wanted it to be it's it's interesting I'd, I'd be curious to see what you or anybody else listening to the show thinks because um, yeah I just maybe it was my problem I just couldn't. It was hard to just not compare it to Straight Outta Compton because Straight Outta Compton I thought was such a solid movie. But mm-hmm. anyway, yeah. and the next movie is Rough Night. This was that weird girls comedy about they uh, murdered. Yeah, they murdered. That was also there Scarlett was Johansson. Yeah, yeah, and part of it was like even based on an actual incident that happened in uh, uh, I believe Australia or New Zealand. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, don't I, I don't know if I like that now because I was going to watch this and now I'm like, oh, that actually it's a real story. Uh. It's, it's, I, you know, it was, I, I saw part of it and, you know, you kind of wanted it to be funny. I really think Kate McKinnon is really funny. Yes. Um, and I wanted it, but it just sort of. It's that syndrome of like, uh, get funny people in and not so funny projects and make them try to carry it. Yeah. They can't. No. It's not their fault. No, it isn't. So, um, you know, you give a brilliant comedian uh, good material, they can bring it to the next level. You give them mediocre material, there's not a lot they can do with it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. and it sounds like that's what happened. Yeah. 
So uh, we'll talk about the site spotlight and the fan feedback. Um, CJ has a review of American Made that is up. So if you want to check that movie uh, out, see what he thought earlier, that is on ComedyFilmNerds.com. I saw the tra- that's the Tom Cruise movie, right? Yes. Yeah. I, saw, I saw the trailer mm-hmm. for that yeah, before one of uh, some show on Hulu. And... Doesn't it feel like a 90s movie? Well, it feels like a 90s movie, and it yeah. also feels like it's like a Netflix show or something. It just doesn't feel mm. like a movie. It's like, and you're, then you see like Tom Cruise. It's got Cruise. a giant movie star in it. <laughs> right, but it doesn't, but, it, but, you, but you're like, what's, yeah. Tom, what's Tom Cruise doing? What happened? What's right. he doing in here? And then, you know. I'm sure this was a project he really wanted to do, too. So I'm sure you'll see a, a producer credit for him somewhere. It's, it's weird. I'm, I'm oddly. Because I'm interested in I'm, the story. I'm oddly excited and interested to see it. For, that, yeah. for those reasons of like. My, these two reasons. One, the story sounds it's it's loosely based on stuff that actually I'm actually I've been fascinated from watching that show Narcos and a bunch of documentaries about that era of the cocaine business, you know, mm-hmm. um, which apparently is now back. Um, <laughs> back, baby. Yeah, Coke's back, everyone. All you young comics doing coke, uh, you're hacking. What about Wall Street? Um, <laughs> is it back on Wall Street? Yeah, let's hope. <laughs> Trump's Trump's coked up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, uh, so I'm curious about that. And when Tom Cruise gets in a project that he doesn't over Tom Cruise it, over Scientology it, when he just comes in and you know he can be really amazing, right. you know. So there's I, a reason why he's a big movie star. There is. You know he's what? Fe- fucking so good at being a big movie star. You know what mm-hmm. it feels like just from watching the trailer. It feels like blow. Right, exactly. It is. It is. It's a. It's another story from like the Blow Universe or something. Like that. <laughs> blow the, the connected, yeah, the connected Blow Universe. Yeah. So it, I mean, again, that was a very the connected Blow. <laughs> oh man, maybe they'll cross over with the Mummy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mummy crossover. Um, but uh, yeah. So and, and then um, the uh, fan feedback. There's some comments on the Comedy Film Nerds YouTube page. Um, the lady giggle said uh was talking about um we did a uh kidnaps the kidnap spoiler and she said the movie reminded me when denzel washington would do random hero movies the movies were simple straightforward and they made him look awesome yeah like um man on fire and safe house and those types right, of movies right. like and that that that's a great comment lady giggles cuz this is what i this is why i was so excited and then actually enjoyed kidnapping. Like, this is what she's going to do. She's going to do her Denzel Washington, Liam Neeson. Mm-hmm. Go for it. I'm all for this it. This is Halle Berry, right? Halle Berry. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so, so I, 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 I missed that movie, but uh, so it's good, huh? Yeah. Uh, we, we split on it. <laughs> I thought it was amazing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thanks for your guys' comments on the YouTube channel. We appreciate those. Yeah, thank you so much. Coming out this week, it. This is we've been waiting for this. We've been this talking week. about this. Uh, the, I, I, the my my prediction for this movie is it's going to be huge. It's going to be huge this weekend for a number of different reasons. It's already getting into the the cultural zeitgeist. I'm reading articles about how clowns are losing work to like parties that are getting canceled, wow. like because this movie is coming out. And also, there's like reported, you know, when we saw that creepy clown scare, like those are increasing again too around this movie. Mm-hmm. So the studio was it's like, we, yeah, I was going to say the studio was like, we couldn't butt promotion like this. Yeah. So and you know the earlier bu- early buzz is that it's a really good movie, and um, seeing it on f- tomorrow, I can't wait to see it. Yeah, it's it looks really good. The only thing that scares me a little bit is the length. 
uh, horror movies, two hours and 15 minutes is a long horror movie. Oh, no. Yeah, that's that, a that, long that's horror movie. That's the scariest part. And it's really just the first half, because if you know the book, it like it goes through these characters as kids, but then also as adults, too. The book goes, the book goes into, oh, into Yeah, wow. so so this is really like part one. Mm. I'm going to have to go back and watch. The, but it looks, uh, cre- it looks good and creepy, man. Yeah, I'm going to mm-hmm. go back and watch the uh, original version. With Harry Anderson? <laughs> yeah, you know. And have- Tim Curry, yeah, there was a TV version of it, a uh, miniseries. Oh, wow. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, don't, I didn't have the... Many years ago. You know, and uh, what's his face? Richard Harris is he's in that too. John Boy. Oh my God, that's yeah. right. I forgot. Annette Bent. Annette O'Toole. It's uh, it's interesting to see because it's directed by Andy uh, Muschietti, and you know he directed the movie Mama, and he directed you know a couple other foreign films. Mama was based on a short that they then made into a feature, um, which is you know with Jessica Chastain. Um, there's another horror movie, right? Yeah, it's another horror movie. So, uh, you know, uh, I'm not a big... I don't get that excited about horror movies. I know, you don't like them. I don't like them, but mm-hmm. this one is like, man, maybe this is just... And we're going to do a spoiler on it. Ooh. Oh, so I have to see it. So you have to see it, oh. yes. You wanna, <laughs> that's not fair. Yeah. I want <laughs> <laughs> to say what's funny was, so I was driving home the other day, and another poster, movie poster story, um, I'm at a stoplight, and... There's a bus ad for it, and then right behind it, there's the billboards, and it has flatliners on it. And I'm thinking, like, if I were a time traveler from 1991 and I came directly into 2017, I'd be like... Why are they showing the same properties over and over again? (laughs) What happened? Why is this the same? Is this the same movie? Like, what's going on? I would be very confused. Yeah, studios love going through their libraries and regurgitating things. But but this one, I will say, uh, the trailers look good and creepy although one trailer specifically was like well you like stranger things you're gonna like this movie right. it really focused on kids on bikes is uh <laughs> am I only part of it? Now, kids on yeah, bikes yeah. is moving tickets <laughs> am i the only one that didn't feel stranger things was as engaging engaging as everybody else thinks it is I loved it. Oh, I, how I, dare you! I was yeah, I was so engaged by it. And <laughs> I, I love Stranger and I went, Things. Ah, watching it on my couch, Stranger right. Things. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, oh god! Like so, that's what. In, that's honestly the, mm-hmm. that trailer is what got me to go. Man, maybe I'll watch it if it's right. like a mm-hmm. a Stephen King Stranger Things ish. Right, because one of the the premises of the uh, of the book, and this is also in the film, is that it's not just a creepy clown that's kidnapping kids. What happens is. You know, it's kind of an evil presence that permeates through the entire town, mm-hmm. causing, you know, the whole town and the, the population to be off. So there's a lot more going on to the movie, which I'm really interested to see. So I, I think it's going to be good. And yeah, and it's uh, oddly enough, it's like one of the biggest releases of August because there's been well, so many. Uh, I mean, September. <laughs> Um, because we've had such a dead zone in August. This is like the first big movie we've had in a couple of weeks. Yeah, it's true. We haven't had anything mm-hmm. big probably in a while. So, All right, guys. Well, that's episode 385 of the Comedy Film Nerds podcast. Uh, Sean Merrick, where can people find your work on the worldwide internet? Well, you can find, uh, first of all, Worst Collection Ever on iTunes, Apple Podcast, or sorry, Apple Podcasts. You can find it on Stitcher. 
SoundCloud, everywhere. Um, also, my other, I have another podcast. I do two podcasts now. Uh, another one's called uh, I Can Talk Kayfabe, which is a pro wrestling podcast where myself and my friend Joe Todaro go through uh, wrestling magazines from the 80s and 90s and basically give the same worst collection ever treatment to those magazines. Oh, that's great. And talk about, you know, because we're wrestling fanboys, so we have a lot of opinions and we kind of just break down the stuff because back, you know, in the 80s, in the 90s, you know, these magazines were basically like the f- original fanfic right. written by men with molds and mustaches <laughs> for a living. <laughs> and it was a very profitable industry. And uh, we that's how I grew up with them. So we do that show, and you can uh, find that on iTunes as well as I Can Talk Kayfabe, which is K-A-Y-F-A-B-E. Look that up, and uh, please rate, subscribe, and tell friends about those shows. I would really appreciate that. And also... I'm on uh, Twitter at Angry Hero Sean. That's S H A W N. Uh, Angry Hero Sean on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, Instagram. I like to post a lot of stupid comic book panels, and uh, that I, that I find. And I've also taken to recently. Do you ever really get them pulled for copyright reasons? Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. And I'm waiting for that. I'm ready for fighting. <laughs> uh, but I've been t- fair use, bitches. Do, do, do they do that? <laughs> Uh, every once in a while, something we got something pulled from Instagram. Yeah. We did like a movie still or something. Really? Yeah. Instagram pulled Yeah, shit? Instagram. They, they pulled, pulled something pulled like yeah. a music thing. It I was did. the first time I got it. And I was like, this is weird. I, what, I've never gotten an Instagram message before. And then I, I emailed Dan and I was like, ah, oh, yeah, we took it off. But yeah, you can check all that stuff out. And uh, Oh, and, and one, uh, before I forget, Sean, one of the things, uh, we also have our. Uh, our Patreon ad sponsor. Yeah. We forgot to mention him. Yes. Uh, this is Frightfully Uninformed. It's a podcast that watches mostly classic horror movies to figure out horror movie fandom. Frightfullyuninformed.com. And that is the Patreon tier. Remember, we will mention your uh, name and website every single episode for the $50 Patreon tier. Yeah. So you get a lot of bumps on whatever your little business is. It's mm-hmm. only 50 bucks a month to get mentioned in anywhere from six or more podcasts. Uh, four. We only do them on the main. That's a good deal. Oh, really? Ones, yeah, we don't do them on the spoilers. Oh, that's dumb. Yeah, <laughs> we can. Should we add? Should we add? Should oh, we add a little more value to it? A little more value. We'll add you right. for your book. All right. As of today, yep. Yeah, you're going to get uh, mentioned on the spoilers as well. And uh, real quick, I just want to plug the Los Angeles Podcast Festival preview night at the Hollywood Improv on October 5th here in Hollywood. We have uh, four shows throughout the night. You got. Uh, Rob has a podcast, and Who Weekly in the main room, and Time Suck with Dan Cummins, and The Raven Effect in the lab. So go to hollywood.improv.com to check out tickets for that. Now, now Sean, let me ask you a question about the preview night. Um, if you have a PodFest badge, does that get you into any of the shows, or are they individually ticketed? They're individually ticketed, but if you have a weekend badge, you do get in for free. Oh, fantastic. So that is something, and it is, it is listed on the website, okay. on the on Improv site, so if you are a pod, preview uh, PodFest uh, weekend pass holder, you can get into these shows for free, and we So you get an extra day of the festival, That's then. what I'm yeah. saying. That's what we've mm-hmm. done every year. It's fantastic. Right. So go to LAPodFest.com, get a weekend pass, and it's, a, it's good for all events, uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday at the Biltmore, and you get Thursday night preview night at the Hollywood Improv. So check it Can't out. Can't beat it. We're adding more shows. It's good business. Um, 
episode 385. And of course, uh, you can pre-order earbuds on iTunes and it goes wide September 12th. Yeah, it will be everywhere. Everywhere. Except Comedy Film Nerds for 45 more days. Yes, we can't sell it on Comedy but, Film Nerds. Uh, but like I said, it's going to be everywhere. And uh, the other thing that'll help too, you guys, is if uh, you start putting uh, reviews on like, say, IMDb. Scragulous put a great review on yep. IMDb uh, on iTunes because all that starts to track. And uh, if you guys could put good reviews of the movies, that would definitely help as well. Yeah, even if you've already watched it, right? And, and like, just if you go bought to it iTunes. from us, yeah. And then you can just put put and, the but review. But if you haven't, you've been waiting to get it on all these platforms. Fantastic, right? Buy the shit out of it next week. Yes, please buy the shit out of it. <laughs> um, all right, thank you so much, Sean Merrick. You're welcome. My so, name is Graham Elwood. So, and oh, one thing, other thing, I wanted to mention: uh, the new episode of Conversations from the Abyss has dropped. Oh yeah, uh, this is called The Solicitor, and it features. Uh, David Huntsberger and Michael Carnacci about a solicitor selling something unusual over the phone. And Apple Podcasts gave us a nice tweet, which was really cool. You get yourself a new and, noteworthy, too. Uh, uh, what? You get yourself a new and noteworthy, too. A new and noteworthy, yes. Yeah. yeah so we uh, Apple's been supporting it. Uh, it's been really cool. Thank you for the great reviews. And these are really short. It's like 13, 16 minutes each. It's little bite-sized creepiness. Like, if you like the Twilight Zone, you'll like the show. And I want to thank you guys for the support on it. Yeah, and also the Political Vigil Lanny podcast. I've now basically been taking the audio from my YouTube channel. So if you want to consume my uh, progressive ranting against the uh, <laughs> the kleptocracy and the duopoly and the oligarchy, uh, that's a lot of ease. It's a lot of larkies. That's a lot of larkies. Um, <laughs> go, go to uh, what was the first one? Uh, duopoly. Was it cryptology? What did uh, you say? Oh, kleptocracy. What's a kleptocracy? That's a, a corporation's. Uh, run a country it's not a democracy oh okay oligarchy is a bunch of powerful families okay like the bushes and the clintons just i don't know just random names i'm so throwing out there duopoly, can i play it at mcdonald's yes <laughs> you get a stuffy hat with and a, a free shake and a free shake <laughs> and you if you get enough of the little passes on the on the board you get to uh oppress the poor <laughs> Oh, fantastic. That's good stuff. Um, so, yeah, that's actually in the news and politics section of iTunes. It is not, Political Vigilante is not in the comedy section. So, again, positive reviews from all this stuff. It it's all helps. It helps stuff, attract. Conversation from the Abyss, Political Vigilante, earbuds. Check it out. My name's Graham Melwood. And I'm Chris Mancini. And as always, remember, Han, Han shot, shot first. first. Write it in the book. <laughs> Unless the rules change. <laughs> <laughs>